I am not. I am not a crazy person, Josh. But I honestly thought this was a commercial bed. Whenever it first started, I'm like, is this? It's like the next, I don't know, Riverwind spot. Is this another commercial that's going on? It would be good as that. So I'm sorry. I was just sitting here like not saying anything for a while. It's like, are we back? Even if you were a crazy person, but, I'd still do this show with you playing. Um, so I've, I've got something new in my life that has just kicked. Well, first of all, it's a cat, which is in the topic wheel, which is in the topic wheel for later. Wait, you got another cat? No, no, no. no just the cat. Have I even told you the story off the air of this stupid cat that I have? <laughs> okay. Yeah, bits and pieces. Okay. All right. You love this cat. I love this cat now. Is my, I mean- as a cat owner now, I have scratches all over my arm. See? Yeah, they're, they're stupid cat. Is it like like loving scratches? I don't really know the difference, right? It's like clawing onto me. It like tries to dig into me. So I'm a cat owner. So this is new to me, and we'll get to the story of how I became a cat owner and how it's basically cost me all my savings yes. uh, a little bit later on in the month. The cat, uh, the cat enjoys your office, right? It's where it lives. And I do want to remind everyone. Deathly allergic to cats. Okay, so we'll get that. But my daughter, my 14-year-old and 8-year-old are suddenly just fired up about golf, like on fire for it. And, you know, I, I'm a terrible golfer, but I've watched enough of the stupid videos and read enough of the books to where I can make it sound like I know what I'm doing. The only problem is my 14-year-old is a lefty. So it's like a completely different world. A little bit of a wrench. A little bit of a wrench in my plans of being the next Earl Woods. But I'll let you know how it goes. I, I saw t- I, my wife texted me yesterday and she said, I saw that Chloe is golfing. Um, you should take her out. I'm like, do you understand? Toby is like an excellent golfer. Peyton is like a pro golfer. I mean, yeah, I, I would just embarrass myself when suddenly Chloe has beaten me by five strokes. She's like, no, 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 just to, just to take him and have fun. Well, but you are – Legitimately, I mean, you can go out and play around a round of golf and have a good time. I can't, right? I, I'm not one of those that's going to start breaking clubs when I miss one shot or something, and, and, and I'm not going to embarrass myself too much, right? And you're decent enough to enjoy it. To sure, I'll, I'll to hit get a shot, shot or two, but I'm very much in my head about well, I read that you should do this, and I watched that you should do that. But here's the greatest roadblock to it all. Before we get to Brian, I, I just, I hear you, I feel you back to sports guy in my head. Don't text it right now. We went and we hit a few balls on Sunday. And my wife said, I think you need to quit playing whenever you take the girls out. I'm like, whoa, hold on here just Excuse a me. That's the whole part of this ruse. That's the whole part of this is that the girls go and play for a little bit, then I get to play my round of golf. But I guess maybe, Josh, that attention needs to be paid to them as opposed to me worrying about what I am doing right Absolutely and or not. wrong. <laughs> no. So this is becoming a big problem now. Now I'm anti them becoming golfers. It's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. It's like people that work at uh, Ask, Askerman Allen over at the trails and anyone that works in golf. When you work in golf, you end up playing an infinitely less golf than you really truly thought you would. Now for me, it's like my daughters are into golf, and I'm just going to have – I'm not going to play any golf because I'm going to have to be out there coaching them. Isn't it maybe best if somebody else is doing the coaching? You know what, Josh? I think you're onto something right now. I think, unfortunately, see, here's the problem. Those people, they cost money. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Lots of money. My daughter's chosen like the two most expensive hobbies to have horse riding and, and golf. Uh, anyway, this show isn't about me. This show is about you. 405 329 9000. 
Uh, anything else as, as we've rolled through this, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is on fire. Um, there's frustration over last night, but, hey, it's a tough loss. Hey, I hate to be that guy, but you have no time to sit here and grinch nope. and moan about it. you got to play West Virginia Saturday morning. That's that's right. got to flip around and go find a way to win that game. That's a got-to-have-it game for OU. Brian, what's going on, Brian? Welcome to the Plank Show. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Chris. Doing great. I've got uh, – I need some guidance from you, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, first of all, great segment with Kenzie. Keep them coming. Love that stuff. She's awesome. Um, okay. Let me set it up for you so you'll know what I'm going at. Um, when I'm not driving a truck and a trailer around, I live in Memphis, okay? Oh. And the softball team is playing in Stark, Vegas, as we like to call it, in the Mid-South. <laughs> Uh, about the 10th night of March. So I was wanting to, it's only about a two and a half hour drive for me. Right. Go on, take a, go on down there, make a weekend of it. So I called the Mississippi State box office, uh, ticket office last week. And I did, had, the woman had almost explained it to me like a little four-year-old child. Because <laughs> she said, no, sir, we, we don't charge for softball tickets. And I'm like, huh? What? You know? <laughs> so... I know this is a technically a bulldog classic. Right. Can you give me guidance on there's got to be a way. There can't just be 8,000 young softball players show up that night and first come, first serve to get in a 1,500-seat stadium. How do I go about that? Get there as early as you can, Brian. Thing. Brian, I, okay, so really? the, here's the thing. I, I'll, I'm afraid of that. <laughs> I'll triple stamp the double stamp on Mississippi State for you. I'll double check because – I can't fathom a team playing in the SEC doesn't charge for softball game uh, tickets. I just yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. But then again, we haven't been down there. I've never been to, to Starkville before, so I don't know. I, I know in Ames they don't charge for tickets, and honestly, it's it's never really been a problem that we'll take over their stadium. But you don't see yeah. people fighting for seats until we went like two years ago. So even the places that it hadn't been a problem, suddenly it's an issue. So the best advice I can give you is they play southeastern Louisiana on that Friday at 1230, um, yeah. and then they play that Sunday morning at 1030 against Omaha. I would just get out there a little. I don't think you have to kill yourself um, as, as far as getting there like at 7 a.m. for a 1230 game, but I would get there a good 30 minutes early. Right, and then right. I think it might once you get in there, it might be a little bit easier to get back in for the Mississippi State two games. That's that's kind of my mindset on it. I don't think yeah, it would be sch- too crazy. The schedule I saw they play Omaha or somebody like that Sunday. Uh, one of the either first or the okay, so they play the first game and then they play Mississippi State uh, Friday evening and mm-hmm. then again Saturday. That's right. I was hoping to make it down there to see him play Mississippi State. So you're saying basically if it's six thirty start, I need to be down there probably about three, four maybe. If if like they're playing so here let's just say hypothetically, Brian, that you're going to the five o'clock game against Mississippi State. I would mm-hmm. I would make sure that I was down there by three o'clock. Okay. And just I would, kinda hope for the best. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Hopefully that right, helps you out. I'm I am here for ticketing advice. That's what I do, Josh Helmer. I will say, though, um, this year at the Mark Campbell, which is the event in L.A., the parents couldn't get in. They were turning people away at the gate. It was wild. It was wild. Now, 
I don't feel like any of that juice is going to subside for Sooner softball just because Jossie graduated. But this, Brian, you when you hear of a place that's close to you and it's like, hey, there's tickets available, I would take advantage of them. I would go buy them to go see this team. I don't know. I was pretty excited last year. But last year, I will add, there was a trip to Hawaii, which in my mind, I was nervous about the flight until after that happened. So I got excited about the Hawaii trip and the season once we got back from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That, that's just how my mind works. But this year, man, it is, it is crazy. Someone's already checked on it, says there's no tickets to buy. Is that just someone projecting? or I don't know. I, there's places that don't charge for softball. I'll tell you what's going to happen. And, you know, it's we still got a ways before we get there. Here's my bet, Brian. I bet somebody gets in the people of Mississippi State's ear and says, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? Do you understand how much money you can make with Oklahoma Sooners softball coming to town? I'm willing to bet between now and the Mississippi State softball season and then that event – Somebody wising up and get him in there early. Uh, OU Believer 56 says he's going to be at the gates an hour and a half before it opens each day. I cannot listen. I can't fathom Oklahoma going to a place that is just, yeah, come on, first come, first serve. That's not going to end up being a zoo. It's happening in Ames. It's it's happening. It's going to happen in Starkville. So they're going to find a way between now and then. I think to realize, uh oh, <laughs> we can make some money off this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you believe said Mississippi State told us no tickets are required. I'm just somebody's going to get a hold of. Uh, we've got a few Mississippi State people in our athletic department now. Um, I would be willing to bet that maybe a ticket person will call back. And uh, Nicole Penley was there for a couple of seasons too. I'm sure they might reach back, hey, we're getting people calling us about softball tickets? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's just going to be crazy. All right, 405-651-3439. Quick text, and we'll grab a break and get caught up on uh, Bill Self and Porter Moser from last night. Uh, Trisuna writes, is that Florida State game at Marita Hines Field the biggest non-conference game since? Yeah, and that's March 14th for Oklahoma and Florida State. Let's see. Try, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be one that I'm completely missing. But in 16, Minnesota came to town. I thought that was a pretty big deal. That was Sarah Gronaway again, and that was a really good Minnesota team. Ah, That's a great question. You know, because, I mean, let's just – let's call it like it is. Teams don't come here to play. They don't want to. They're They're scared. So they don't want to – if Patty Gasso calls and says, hey, um, we'd love to get you to Norman to play a game. Um, we'll come to your place. We'll trade it out. You know, usually it's, oh, coach, I got this rib problem. I got this arm. And we're gonna, the team's going to have to take – nah, we, we can't. We can't do it. Sorry, we would love to, but we just can't. But like I said, I'm, I'm sure that they're – during the season, right? Now, during the postseason, there's been some fun teams that have come here for super regional action. But, I mean, it, the Auburn game is in Oklahoma City this season. We're going to Baton Rouge to play LSU, so they'll come back here. But, oh, uh, yeah, that's a great question. 
I, I think it's without a doubt the biggest non-conference game that we've had when you consider that you know those two teams played for the national championship just two years ago. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I know you believe right. It's Washington Supers. Yeah, I agree, but I just think regular season. When you're trying to construct a schedule and get teams to come No here. one's coming. Yeah, no one's coming here. Uh, and, and you think that they don't come here now. Wait till Love's Field opens up. I mean, hypothetically, <laughs> if you're hosting regional play and super regional play, you're going to have good teams there. All right. All right, um, it's 10-15. Josh, I want to bring this up from last night. Wait, hold on. Monday night. And we've talked a lot about the basketball game. If you guys want mm-hmm. to get in on it, 405-651-3439. 405-329-9000 if you want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. TCU's taking a lot of grief, and understandably so. You can't lose a game 65-7 to and not expect expect some backlash the the Mississippi State fan funny we've talked a lot about the Bulldogs this year or this show Mississippi State fans and that stupid video that was put out there it makes no sense no I get this this what yeah well, your team's not playing dude and nor will they ever TCU is at least in a position to play for a national championship and no don't give me that if we were in the big 12 we'd be no 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 you wouldn't so Two things popped up, and here they were. Number one, Josh, would it have been any different if it was Michigan? Like, in other words, is is suddenly is suddenly this game a 180 if it's Michigan instead of TCU on Monday night? Because I kind of don't think so, but things really snowballed for TCU. I mean, really snowballed. I think if it was TCU Georgia again tomorrow, it's not going to be sixty-five-seven. It just landslid on them and never came back. But uh, I do think probably yes on paper, Michigan is a little bit better than TCU, right? And hypothetically could have given Georgia a better game. But man, you come away from that national championship game, and I don't know that anybody was keeping them from the ultimate prize that night. Once they got there. And Ohio State missed that kick. There was nobody that was beating Georgia in the national championship game. No, there's not. So, I agree. You and I absolutely positively 100% agree on that, right? There is no difference as if it was or if it was Michigan that played outside of TCU. That was Georgia playing its in absolute best. Absolute best. So, we agree on that. Here's the second part. Here's the second thing. This was, this was, without a doubt, one of the funniest fights I think I saw on Twitter yesterday. There was actually a debate about whether or not, and this started, this started with Baylor and Baylor fans, would you rather have had right Baylor's 2021 season or TCU's 2022 season? Did you see this? I sure. Yeah, I did. Okay. Because I don't even know and 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 by the way, I think I think our buddy Josh McQuistion has been somewhat not necessarily of this specific debate, but I think Josh has brought this up in the past about and if I'm paraphrasing or incorrect, Josh, you let me know. 
but that in some instances it's better to just go to a group of six bowl or New Year's Day six bowl, excuse me, and be able to do your crouton as opposed to going to a four-team playoff and getting smoked. Now, in fairness, TCU won a playoff game. So the question was, would you rather have Baylor's 2021 season or TCU's 2022 season? 12 and 2 Big 12 champs, Sugar Bowl champs for Baylor. 13 and 2 a college football playoff win and a national championship game appearance. It was historic because you earned a berth in the national championship game, but it was also incredibly embarrassing because you lost by 58. Now, to the shock of absolutely nobody in this Baylor generated poll, 2021 Baylor's season won by three percentage points, 51.6 to 48.4. I guess I'm different, but I just think you always want to play for a championship. You always, And I get it. You don't really have a ring game in this season because they didn't win the conference championship, and I don't know if you give rings for a Fiesta Bowl win or not, but – I mean, you always want to be in position when you play for a championship, and they ran the table and were undefeated in the regular season. This is a no-brainer, right? It was so bad how the national championship game played out that it makes me consider it to some degree. I know, but 65-7 to is still 65-7, to right? It was so historically bad that that kind of makes you think about it, but ultimately... I am on that side of the equation that, look, you went to the college football playoff. You won a game in the college football playoff. You want to be in the college football playoff. That's a better season than what Baylor had a year ago. I just – I will – I do I do have to stop because when you're like, oh, yeah, no question, this is a dumb poll. I mean, come on. Is anybody going to talk about Max Duggan as the Heisman runner-up outside of maybe a small faction of Big 12 country and TCU fans? Is anyone going to talk about the Michigan win when talking about TCU season? Is anyone going to bring up that Kendra Miller didn't play? No, absolutely not. They're going to bring up, bro, you got beat 65-7. to Right. Embarrassed. You got smoked. So yesterday, my producer of Big 12 Today, Robbie Triano, tried to edit down the Kirby Smart pregame speech. We did it. I'm going to play it for you during the break, and you tell me if we should or could play it on the air. Okay. Do you know? Have you heard that video? Oh yeah. That audio, and I I think that was absolutely purposeful that that got out. It's got to be right. It's absolutely purposeful that got out. But if you don't know what we're talking about, we will all find out together next, right here on the ref. That's out there. My man is here. He doesn't even go on the air for another hour and a half, and he's putting that show together. Let's go. That's Our- the dedication, my friend. All right. Um, you you say you say that you're okay to play this. You I feel think so. Confident. Yeah. They bleeped out the a word too. So if you missed it, somehow, wink, wink, magically, a recording of Kirby Smart's pregame speech to his players was leaked, and my producer. Over at Big 12 Radio, Robbie Triano, at the Triano Kid on Twitter. Massive troll. Ma- Robbie Trollano, baby. He is a big-time troll. Um, but he is the beep guy. 
In other words, when there's a cut that requires a lot of editing that needs to be done to cover every curse word, Robbie's the man. So he went to work on the Kirby Smart pregame speech, and you tell me if you're Kirby Smart in Georgia, you didn't want this getting out after what just happened, right? All right, here, it, 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 here we go. I think about the in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the you went through this week to get ready for this game. Now is when you pay the price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, God, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out here and their ass up. Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? When I sat in that meeting, I wanted to go play right then. Throw your shit out of here. Two years ago, you was that moment where I was like oh they're they're going to destroy them now there was a little bit there was a little bit of confusion and I haven't found anyone that thoroughly went through and and did the deciphering of what was and what wasn't said now remember there has been leaked Kirby Smart audio before there was a halftime speech that he gave against Florida and I think that there was the quiet confidence speech that he had from another locker room. But I got to be honest with you, Josh. I don't I, – I, when he says sitting in that meeting on Monday, does he say with Box or with Fox? I mean, obviously the players know what he's talking about, but it couldn't have been like a TV thing. It had to be some sort of motivational guy they had come in, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I was wondering that too. He was yeah. pumped though. My man was ready to go. He was he was ready to roll. He was ready to roll. I you know what? I've heard I've heard some pregame speeches from coaches. I don't remember a speech from BV where I was literally it was like I I need to go calm down a little bit right now. I mean, these coaches, man, when they when they find that right button to push, look out. Giddy up. So as far as pre-game, post-game speeches from coaches that you've heard, where would you put Kirby Smarts? It's probably added to it because we know of the result, right? <laughs> yes. So that's that becomes legendary because not only did he deliver that, but they won 65-7. to Yeah, they went out there TCU. and kind of, you know – <laughs> there were there were many bleeps. Happy Gilmore scene. Yeah, it's, it's like a scene where you're just dropping beeps everywhere. It's like whoa. Um, I guess you have to have like two different or three different categories because you know there's the there's the funny right and the ones where you hear them you're like yeah that coach is just um, Augie Garrido. I mean that's pretty good. Yeah. Whenever he's like, ah, I failed you guys. But then there's also kind of an element of funny to it. Augie's pretty good. I still say – and then there's the – like Tommy Lasorda, uh, 
who was the let Earl Weaver in the pregame interview where he starts telling a woman what she needs to go, lady, what she needs to go do when she asked a question, which by the way, Earl would have been so canceled yeah. if that happened uh, yeah. in today's world and that audio got out. I mean, there's certain different kind of rants to it. Yeah, it's a 65-7 in a championship game, likely the best pregame speech ever. Oh, I agree in that one that just popped up from the 405. Good luck trying to find something to top that. The only thing missing from the Kirby pregame speech is the offering of money. <laughs> and if you do it, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, hey, look, if you go out there and you do it, Bobby, $500. You take the five. Tommy, $600 if you go. Let's go. That's the only thing that was really missing was offering a little coin at the end of it like a bounty game. And we got the dog collective in here. Hey, you know what? If you guys win the game, dog collective, cigars on the field, eat wings from the people up front, let's go. Name, image, likeness. I, I, I've listened to that probably five times, the uncensored version, too. And it's just, it's almost, try to cuss that mus, much. Just, just in, in, maybe when you're in your car. <laughs> right. Tr- just try to. And you're like, I don't even know if I could do that where it would make sense. I mean, <laughs> usually when you're dropping that many bombs, you're angry. My man was fired up. I love it. Well, mission accomplished. So I'm kind of here for it. I, I sort of dug it. The greatest pregame speech ever was in any given Sunday, right? Al Pacino and his character, life is a game of inches. And actually, is, is, that, the, is that the pregame speech or is that the halftime speech? I think it's the pregame speech, right? We're in hell now, boys. We're in hell. But the way we're going to fight through is if we fight for every inch. That's pretty good. Now, granted, they didn't start all that well and struggled and needed to, to come back to rally. Um, I, mean, I think Kirby Smart might have even passed Al Pacino. I mean, that's that's really good. Uh, 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, let's get back to basketball when we get back. A lot of good texts uh, on the Hoops game from last night. We still have uh, Porter Moser and some of his post-game comments that we're going to share with you, plus uh, numbers. I mean numbers. It, look at this number before we go to break from the 5-8-0. Starting from the 17-35 mark to the 6-29 mark of the second half, all of Kansas's 18 points came from the foul line. Yeah, and actually it's I think it was longer than that. I, I think it was until that uh... – it was until that dunk for right KJ Adams, right? Yeah. So it was it was more like the five oh four mark. It was unbelievable of the second half. I think it was a Jalen Wilson jumper to KJ Adams's dunk, and it was all free throws in between. That's no. it. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> it's you know we could say uh, one more shot goes down for Oklahoma if there were two fewer fouls called on Oklahoma, they might have won last night in the fog. <laughs> <laughs> four four less free throws. They might have won that game. Uh, unreal. All right, quick break. We're back with your text next right here on The Ref. Do you think there is any chance for an upset this weekend in the, in the NFL playoffs, Josh Helmer? Oh, yeah. There's, of course there's a chance for upsets. Okay. Somebody's getting upset. Does we it just know? don't know who it is. We don't know who. We don't know where. Teams that I feel confident aren't getting upset this weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Indeed, yeah. I I think they'll play next week. (laughs) 
Uh, OU basketball versus West Virginia on Saturday at 11 a.m. We got the top five stories of the day coming up where you'll hear from the one, the only Porter Moser. I still am trying to come to grips with how this thing fell apart. Two years for Moser and the fog combined six point losses. They come in ready, don't they? They absolutely come in ready. Is Oklahoma going to play there next year? Oh, gosh, I haven't thought about that. Was that the last trip, you think? No. Can't be, can it? I hope not, but, you know. I, I think that there is a chance OU and KU play in non-conference, too. Going forward? Yeah. yeah I, I think w- that's a possibility. I would uh, I would love that to continue. Are you? I didn't even think about that. So if I'm going to be someone that buys into the theory that there's something weird about the Big 12 schedule not being out yet, then maybe I do have to accept that. And then even if OU does play in the Big 12, which, I mean, we're all assuming they will, in the 23-24 basketball season, then you've got four new teams that Mm -hmm. are coming in, right? And BYU, I've said them enough where you think I got them. BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, yeah. So I – I mean, Kelvin Sampson, there's a part of me that would really love for Houston to come here, even though they were really, really good. But, yeah, I, it's a great question. I hope not. Cam O'Sooner with a with a couple of texts from the game last night. Let me hit a couple of these texts from the game last night, I guess I should say. Cam O'Sooner uh, writes, there's just something to fog Allen. OSU had a big lead on Kansas and lost it down the stretch. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the 918 writes, Kansas made their free throws last minute of the game. KU got four points off of getting fouled. They win again. Go figure. Unbelievable. It was really that 13 minutes no field goal stretch where Kansas was kept afloat at the foul line that drives you nuts. I I keep going back to to Joey's tweet thread from last night because I thought it was was really good. Uh, And Joey joins us tomorrow on the show. We'll be out at Cavens Construction. But in that thread, he – he was talking about um, a scenario. I'm trying to catch up on everything. Here it is. Uh, and Steve, give my man Steve Bullard some credit on this too. Steve writes, I think the sequence when we were up 71-63 where they got three shots at it because we could not secure the rebound yeah. was a key cog. No doubt. And the biggest shot of the night was that one from Jalen Wilson. That three going down, if it doesn't go down and Oklahoma finally secures the defensive rebound there – Probably you're walking out a victor last night, but instead the shot does go down. All of a sudden, 10 is slashed down to five with four minutes left to play, and what felt like there wasn't a ton of time left, suddenly you look up and it's like, oh, my God, there's an eternity left in this basketball game. They made the free throws. Boy, I think there is something else to that to that crowd, and and I know I'm not breaking any news here, Josh, but it just seems – when things get rolling, everything starts to fall apart, like everything does. So It takes a special group to not get rattled a little bit up there Yeah, when it gets like that. Exactly. Um, Sam and Edmund writes, I'd be willing to bet if a team gets to the free throw line 40 times in a game, they win far more games than they lose. Game was over in the second half, not by Kansas, but by the Zebras. I just, I hate that. Two other quick ones here on the basketball game from last night. Then we'll hit some football. Uh, 
the Sooners, Porter Moser, and Kentucky's John Calipari have the exact same record so far in conference record. Go figure. And both teams have a standout player in Oscar Sheebway, Kentucky, and Sherfield for the Oklahoma Sooners. Go figure. How about Sherfield's game last night? It, it was, was uh, he played great, and yet it was sort of a sort of a quiet twenty-five. In some ways, I mean, it was so efficient, and I, I don't know. I I just I guess it didn't feel like he was having that kind of night, but uh, sure enough, yeah, absolutely, he was. Mm. Un. Unreal. And then uh, for the 5-1-2, uh, here, here's two. For the 5-1-2, it happens every year at KU. I've watched it for decades. It doesn't matter. And then Tanner from Norman adds, wasn't this an issue during football season two? Something like the only holding call against OU's opponents or only one holding call against OU's opponents in yeah, 2022. By offensive linemen. There's going to be a 30 for 30 about this in the next 10 years. I would say if Texas was down a little bit lower on that list too, unfortunately Oklahoma being on an island and that free throw differential being in the minus 40s makes that a little bit of a tougher sell. And and I wanted to and I wanted to add this too before we go to a break because I think this is fair and I'll and I'll take your I can take your bullets from the seven one five right the OU wrestling team gets no respect even though the NCAA wrestling version of the Heisman Trophy is named after a Sooner wrestler that's fair absolutely I we do not talk enough about the OU wrestling team and Lou Roselli has done a fantastic job I can wear that you know when when James was doing the noon slot. Big dude when it comes to wrestling, right? He covered it incessantly. I, I listen, I'll just be honest with you. I don't get called upon to cover a lot of wrestling events, and when I do, I have a blast and I love it. But I love talking about it. They just have to find a way to get Bray Wyatt back in these storylines. I'm just totally kidding. Did I tell you the last time I made that joke, Kenny Mundy came up to the radio station and was ready to fight me? Oh, really? Yeah, it was not a funny thing. Someone had called like that. It's like, you guys were talking enough about college wrestling. I was like, absolutely would. Once they get the NWO over and they quit pulling this crap with trying to make them bad guys, and literally Kenny Monday was in the lobby ready to talk. He wasn't going to fight. He was literally wanting to talk wrestling. But no, I love wrestling. I just, it's, listen, I think it's all fair to say. It just gets lost in the depth chart, right? Now, you go to a Bedlam match, you go to any wrestling match, great crowds, McCaslin, we'll promote him up. I love it. I love Lou and I love his program. But as far as things that we talk about on the show, you're right. Gets lost in the mix. Don't know what to tell you. Um, dude, that one that just came in is pretty good. Can you click on that real quick before we break? By the way, from a wrestling conversation to this, from the 405, I hope the fans don't turn on Moser. If you really follow the team, you know he can coach and we'll get it going. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's paying attention would do that. I think people that might look at a record – or maybe every so often at a box score, those are the people that would say something dumb like that. Oklahoma is blessed to have Porter Moser. So it's and by the way, as frustrating as I know it is for him, he'll go out and sell tickets, man. He'll he'll be one of the first ones out there. And I know you're digging as we speak, but he's done a really nice job on the recruiting trail. I mean a really nice job on the recruiting trail. With what, uh Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole? Already signed or inked for our signed letters of intent for next year. A couple of four-star dudes coming in. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, he's starting to 
starting to build this thing with some talented, talented players. We'll see what happens in 24. I mean, you saw it last night. Milo's going to be a really good He's player. Stud. Yeah. We haven't even seen uh, Otega really take flight just yet, but I think he's got a bright future at Oklahoma. So he's building this thing. Got to be patient. Got to be patient. All right, quick break. And by the way, not only is Milo Zuzon been a great addition, but, man, Sam Godwin, I think Brian in Tulsa. Brian with a Y in Tulsa brought that up earlier. He was fantastic last night, and he continues to get better. Yeah, and maybe he should have gotten a couple more minutes Oh, last night, the way things were going. I don't. Mark can correct me, but if you are a, a person who likes to read, um, I put together a piece on Sam Godwin that I think is in the 19th Street magazine. So I know it's not in the Boyd Street, but if you are in the Moore area, we celebrated the great start to Sam Godwin's Sooner tenure uh, at 19th Street magazine. All right, quick break. When we come back, some texts. We'll follow, a, we'll follow whether or not the Oklahoma women's basketball team is good to fly next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour two has been brought to you in part by the good people at Allison Insurance. Allisoninsurance.com. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements. Bob and Robert Allison can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Thank Allison you, Bob insurance. and Robert Allison. Uh, all right. I, I wanna... I'm sorry. I have something pulled up on google by the way that i'm not very proud about right now <laughs> i just I'm talking to mark all right um air cover solutions text line no so, so we spent some time last segment talking about basketball talking about the, the the frustration obviously for the sooners falling in um kansas last night in lawrence uh let's see afterwards i got a little bit of porter moser here for you as the sooner head coach talked about the loss yeah it felt different um um, yep, it did. I was just basically kind of asked about here. Here's more questions with Porter. I'm, I'm not trying to be I'm, – I'm just trying to gather my thoughts on how to answer that question. Um, you know, when, when there's – it's constantly going to the free throw line, it does get you out of rhythm. I thought we had a great rhythm going. And it just – it was so many free throws that, that it was every, almost every time on the court that it, it does get you out of rhythm. And I think we did. So it, he was asked literally about – Hey, was it different? Was it challenging with the officiating? And I mean, what what can you say? Anything you say could end up putting you in a in a position where you could get in trouble for the league or fine. And you know, obviously, it 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 was a lot. It affected the rhythm of that game, but you really can't say anything. Um, <laughs> I thought we. I, I'll start with the worst. We had a really bad transition defense one time. We, we were so worried about giving up threes on transition that we. I think. I think it was KJ Adams that got down the middle. So that that was not a good defensive possession um, down the, on the transition. I think the guys were uh, really worried about fanning out on on the three, and they we got kind of lost uh, on that. Um, you know, you go from trying to play physical, and then all of a sudden you try not to foul. And I thought I think the guys were so all of a sudden playing not not to foul. Um, because it was it was called so closely um, on that end. So he's just again, you have to choose your words very carefully sure. on that front, <laughs> because you can just sense it. I'm watching the video of this uh, of this press conference with Porter uh, with Porter, and you can just sense the frustrating per, uh, first, uh, frustration permeating through. Him, right, he knew they had that game last night. He's kicked back in a chair. He's constantly messing with his beard. You can just sense this man is so angry 
about the way the officiating went. My, my, I'm reading it. Porter, if I'm wrong, feel free to text me. You can just sense he's so angry, but yet he really – you can't say or do anything. No. Because, A, you don't want your players to have that excuse, but, but B, you, you also don't want to risk getting fined. And, and C, you know you could play better. But one more here from Porter real quick. You know, we thought we did a lot of things we wanted to do. Um, you know, Clemens came in and, and gave him six points. Adams had ten at half. But I think we did a good job on Jalen Wilson. I think we did a good job. Not, we really wanted to – I know how those threes can get going in this building. Um, and, you know, we really wanted to take away the threes. And we did take away the threes tonight. Um, so we, we were at half and we were like – we did some of the things we set out to do. Um, we weren't expecting Clemens to, you know, pick and pop and hit two threes, and he did. But we got to stay the course. And uh, I thought we came out. I thought, I thought the guys played the first 17 minutes really well. And then it just got kind of out of rhythm, just stopping. We took a three with, I think it was three minutes left to go with 11 on the shot clock when it, and, we were, and um, missed it on the wing. And then we came down and took another three uh, with 153 or something. I think Tanner had a three, and it was 16 on the shot clock. And those are things, if you make it, great. But if it's not, you want to, I mean, it's, we, we didn't make any of those shots. Um, so, um, Man, just frustration. <laughs> At least the men's basketball team fought hard enough and late enough to where you didn't have to hear the ghostly rock chalk chant. <laughs> yeah, they actually had to be engaged, man. They had to be fired up. Jim and Arlington, good point. Though I still heard that damn thing. <laughs> that, I still heard it. <laughs> it's there. Oh, it's terrible. Make it go away. Sooners nearly had it last night. We'll hit more in the top five stories today. Coming up with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Also, next hour, you guys have thoughts on the national championship game that carry over from Monday night. We'll dive into that as well next as we roll on a Wednesday on the Plank Show.